Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hi, Lauren. Are we live? Hi, Dr. Hi, Lauren. We're live. We're live with the Gross Anatomy podcast where we explore the sights, sounds, and smells of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, meaning books, movies, TVs. Sometimes we discuss other podcasts. Sometimes we interview directors, authors, a lot of doctors. We do it all here on Gross Anatomy podcast. And the world around us. And we explore the world around us. And I'm Dr. Jason Cohen. And I'm Lauren Taylor. And we got that down now. <laughs> <laughs> we spice it up every week. It's a little off. Every week it's a little off. And every week I'm a little off. And I think that's, and but you're not. And that's what keeps us grounded. Thank you for saying that. I'm starting to feel a little uh, quarantined. So Well, the plant you. is doing fine. I know, the plant is, I haven't killed everything in my house yet, but. What movie or musical featured a plant? The, it was with Bill Murray, and it is Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors, right. Great movie. It's funny that of all the characters, because Bill Murray had such a tiny role in that movie, but yet, because you probably love Bill Murray, you said Bill Murray. He yes. played a patient. That's it. He had a tiny role compared to any other actor. That's probably the only reason I watched that movie, because I watch everything. Oh, that's funny. Steve Martin was great. He was the dentist. Yeah, Steve Martin's great too. And Bill sure. Murray was the that was one of his patients. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give a quick update about Nutrition Month since it's still March. And the first podcast episode we did in March was about Nutrition Month, and I said I was going to try some diets. Mm. So I finally decided I was going to try the alkaline diet. And then I went to go put together a smoothie that consisted of like cucumber and romaine lettuce and like seeds. And it was so disgusting. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do the, I'm not going to do this one. Uh, so that last, how long did that diet last? Like five minutes? Yeah. I just wanted to experiment and see if I could like even get the smoothies down. And it was just too gross. Not, Got it. I, I couldn't do it. So I went to try the vegan one. Haven't really... It's a vegan 22-day challenge. And to be honest, for at least three days, I haven't been vegan. Oh. For, so for how many days have you been? Um, I'd say I, the best that I did was like eight days in a row. And then I couldn't take it anymore. Why? Because I just... So I started off with all these like sheet pan vegetable dinners, which is real easy. You just like throw some olive oil, salt, pepper on vegetables. And it's good, but so dry after a while. I just couldn't take it. And I couldn't take pasta without cheese. So I cheated. There's a lot of cool substitutes. Like you could use, I forgot what it's called. Some kind of yeast thing. Yes, you can buy. Yes, I've seen that before. I do have a vegan cookbook and I, I should have bought that yeast before I started this challenge. It probably would. I got to tell you, it's a lot easier than you think. Yeah, I mean, maybe I thought it would be easier for me since I'm a vegetarian, but I still, I just like cheese too much. It's hard. Okay. Well, how I've are done, you doing? I haven't done, I, I've been strict with my being plant-based though. So that's kind of what I, I strive yeah. to do. You've you been know, trying I, to like go vegan or you've just been pretty much maintaining, right? Yeah, I'm maintaining vegan. And you can't fast if you're a doctor. No, you I had can. contemplated like fasting and like you would like that diet more. Yeah. No, for me, it's really just trying to be as strict plant-based as possible. Okay. Uh, and I'm pretty good. Like maybe once a week, I'll allow myself to have challah, or as you call it, challah bread, mm-hmm. challah, you know, which is the bread that we, we, we eat on Friday nights with our Shabbat meal. 
and usually that bread is cooked with eggs. So, so that's, you know, I don't have a ton of it. I'll have like a little schnip, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of it. And that's pretty much all I've had lately these last few weeks. Right. Okay. Well, that's But good. I'm tired. I, I, I wish I could tell you that I, ha- that I feel more energetic for whatever reason. This week, I, it's been a really busy surgical week. So um, that's probably why then. Yeah. So I'm tired. I'm tired. We've had a lot of challenging, tough cases and it's been pretty full. And we posted about some of those. So people should exactly. check out on Instagram. What about exercise? Because our last podcast with Andy Lastner, we talked about exercise and like his whole walking fitness movement. So how have you been doing in the walking fitness world? Well, first of all, I think I actually talked to my sister today. I really think that he is onto something. And because you know, the young people work out, it's not a big deal, but there are, and my sister was saying it, my sister is a yoga instructor. There's a whole population of age 50 to 80 who aren't workout people and the gyms and, and like Andy Lasser was saying is it's, it's overwhelming. And, and, and I really think he's onto something about doing this slow walk. Uh, I think he's not quite there yet, but he's really onto something and making it something for everyone, which I think is really important because, you know, you see these gyms and these on Instagram, you know, these, these uh, influencers, they're doing their power workout Mm -hmm. stuff. Real people can't do that. People with bad knees and bad hips and bad backs or who are out of shape. I mean, it's fun to fantasize about that stuff, but that's not for real. So I think Andy's onto something with the slow walk. So, um, you know, I got the Peloton, so I, I've been kind of Pelotoning most days. I tr- I tell everybody you should really strive. I love the word strive, but you should strive for seven days a week. And the reason I say seven days a week is that it becomes a habit. You really mm-hmm. want it to be a habit because if it's not a habit, it's too easy to stop. So that's where I think Andy's kind of missing something with the 20 days or 21 days out of the month. I think you really have to make it a habit. And then... The other reason why I say try to do it seven days a week is that, you know, the people who say, oh, I, I'm tr- I try to work out three or four days a week. The problem is if you miss a day, then you're only working out two days a week. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not enough. So I think if you're striving for seven days and you happen to only do five days, that's probably okay. Right. So, so those are my reasons why I think it's important to strive for a seven day a week workout thing, which li- I used to do. And, and lately I haven't like, um, this morning I did, but yesterday I was up till two in the morning operating and, and then I had an early big surgery. So I didn't work out yesterday and it, it kind of put me in a crappy mood actually. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm happy I got my workout in today. What about you? Well, I think that's what's cool about like the walking thing too, is just because everyone's been indoors. I mean, not you, your work life has been pretty much the same, but most people yeah. are working from home. So for me, I try to like walk an hour a day too, if I can. Um, especially now two dogs. I feel like I'm doing at least that, but it's good just to get out of the house, like for your mental health. And Andy was talking about that too, how people, he went on a hiatus, but he felt like he, how he had to come back because people were like, you saved my life. Like, you know, just like telling me to get out of the house, like to get moving, to just try something. Getting out of the house is great. Air, Mm -hmm. you know, fresh air, you know, daylight, fresh air, all of that. Doesn't matter how old you are, what age you are. It's just so important. Yeah, I think so too. So it sounds like you've been doing good with the diet and exercise. I need to be a little bit better. Although I, I, I still want to strive to do more. Like I, you know, I'll, I'll 
I'll be happy if I get a half hour workout in in the morning. But the reality is I'd love to do an hour and a half a day, but sometimes it's just not, it's not doable. Yeah. I'm yeah. What's your schedule? (laughs) I I still, my goal is still to get down to my high school weight. It's, it's, it's my goal. I have, I haven't gotten anywhere near there, but (laughs) it's my goal. You can do it. Thanks Lauren. That's what you want. You can do it. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about TV. TV. We watched, we are not sure. We think it might've been for the first time. No, 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 no. I'd seen, I'd seen it before. Okay. So we rewatched Grey's Anatomy, the pilot episode. Yes. What we're doing is we're comparing shows that are still on, which Grey's Anatomy is in its 17th season or just finished. You know what? So, so let's do next. Let's watch the, the first episode of the 17th season. Okay. Let's do that as our homework. I don't Okay. We'll try it. I don't think, I bet most of the characters aren't on it anymore. No, I know. But just to kind of see what the feel is like so we could compare it, you know, after 17 years. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see what the hospital's like. See if it's um, everything. Yeah. Um, all right. So as a surgeon, what did you think of this? The pilot episode of Grey's Anatomy? Well, you know what? You know what was interesting? I don't know if you realized it. The The first surgery they showed on Grey's Anatomy, do you remember? So they showed an appendectomy. Uh, it's always that and I can never say it. So that's right. what I was thinking. I was like, how funny because I wanted us to kind of like watch a bunch of pilot episodes and you say which one as a surgeon you thought was like the most accurate and well done so we watched the resident and you were like and what was the surgery they did appendectomy appendectomy i say it slowly it's like a card deck an appendectomy all right so i thought that was funny too that they were doing that surgery i couldn't believe it interesting yeah i didn't realize that i i didn't remember that that the first surgery on both shows a show a recent show and a show from 17 years ago appendectomies i wonder if that's the secret sauce to medical shows we'll have to watch some more and see at least if there's a surgery spin are they going to be doing an appendectomy i did think that as well as the resident was written this was written even way better and i see how shonda rhimes is great It, it made me realize how great she is and and i loved how it opened it, they didn't even have to show them in a bar meeting. It just opened with them post-sex, the couple, uh, Meredith and Patrick Dempsey. I'm blanking on his, his TV show name. Well, yes. And in The Resident, they're like, they show a patient dying right away. So it's like, just get you, it's, you're already in the hospital. But this yeah. one, they show Patrick Dempsey's behind. And that's like a better opening. That's you a know, good opening. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to tell you that their chemistry is amazing and they're both, I don't know how they look these days. I haven't seen them lately, but they were both gorgeous back then. Both of them. Well, I watched Bridget Jones's baby, which isn't a great movie, but Patrick Dempsey's in it and he still looked great. He and still looked like good. A few years ago. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Um, but they both just looked fantastic in it. And, and that, you know, the, you know, that's the key, I guess, but that appendectomy was a little more believable than the appendectomy in the resident. Uh, still not as believable. The fact that he was scrubbed in just by himself and the attending 
So that was more realistic that the resident was actually doing the surgery as opposed to the attending. Whereas in the resident, it was the attending, the old senior guy doing the surgery. That wouldn't happen in an appendix. But the senior guy wouldn't be standing behind him. He would be assisting on the surgery, kind of making sure he's there. And he definitely wouldn't let poop. I don't know if you noticed, he said, you know, he he messed up in, in Grey's Anatomy and ripped the thing off, the stitches, and all of a sudden there was poop all over the abdomen. And if you were good attending, even 17 years ago, you wouldn't allow that to happen. So still a little bit of fantasy. So I didn't like the fact that, that I, I mean, it was, but it, the, the beginning part, you know, the actual surgery part was, was pretty decent. But then the fact that he let him spill poop all over the place, that, that was kind of silly. Okay. So I have some questions. Yeah. So in that surgery, they have like an observation deck. Is that what you call mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. And then there's all the interns are in there. There's like, tw- I feel like there's like 15 of them. There was a big and they're audience. like, and they're like clapping whenever the other intern gets to like hold the scalpel for the first time. Is that something that would actually happen? Would there be that never. many people watching you? Well, there would never be that level of stuff. Plus, in the olden, olden, olden days, you know, if you ever watched The Nick, did you watch The Nick? Right. Yeah. I watched yeah. the first season. They, they actually, it was called the OR Theater for a reason because it was, it was designed like a theater and people would sit in the audience and watch the surgery. That's why it's called the theater. The, and in, in England, it may still be called that. In Africa, it was called, when I, when I worked in a mission hospital in Kenya, it was called the theater for a reason. So uh, I don't think there are any hospitals that it would be open. There are operating rooms and where I train back east, there's nothing here in at the main hospital where I am, but back east where I trained, at Downstate in Brooklyn, there was one of the operating rooms had an ob- a full 360 observational area. You could walk, go all the way around it, but it was windowed. Mm-hmm. And it's deliberately windowed so that you're worried with surgery, you want to make sure it's sterile. Mm-hmm. So that's why the whole clapping thing, I, I think in the in Grey's Anatomy, there wasn't any glass there. I, I mean, I guess you could bang on the glass. Or, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think there was glass, but it might have been thin because they definitely heard them clapping. Oh, maybe, yeah. You know, that's like the Seinfeld, you know, where he's watching the surgery <laughs> yeah. and he drops the, uh, what did that, he drop? That's what I'm wondering. Is that So that's just a TV thing. You're not doing surgery with people, with interns watching you over you like that. Not anymore. But it, again, where I trained, there was an observation thing, but I... Other than for show, you know, to go check it out once, no one, no one goes up there. There's no, I, I think that those days are, are over, really. That, okay. You're too this busy. 17 years ago, so I guess we can give it. Maybe 17 years yeah. ago, but really that's a real olden day kind of thing. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. That was one of my questions. My um, only other thought is maybe at like a major teaching hospital where they put on like courses, you know, mm-hmm. for people to come from around the country, they may still use it. But you can't really see that great if you're up there, you know. So I don't know if any any hospitals are still that. That'd be a good thing for us to Google. The, the, does it is it hospital an theater active thing where where people actually come and and watch like that anymore? But e- even when I, I was there at this hospital for nine years, and I think 
I could count on my hand the number of times I went up there and to to check stuff out. So I was there for nine years. So I, I don't think it's a real thing. Okay. Well, I have so many other questions for you based on this episode. Go. One is the helicopter, the helipad. Like in ER two, there were always like the young interns going up there with like the gurney and like getting people on there and going off. Have you ever done that? And would that ever be something that an intern does? I never did helicopter stuff because where I trained, we didn't have a, in New York, we didn't have a helipad or anything like that. Um, I feel like I it's always in TV shows. They always have a helipad. Yeah. No, well, there's, there's helipads here in LA at some of the hospitals for transplants and for trauma, but I was already advanced by the time and didn't go into the helipad kind of fields, which are trauma or transplant surgery. So so I have no helipad experience. But yeah, no, the interns might go up there to help get a patient uh, up and down. So the answer That's, is maybe. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because I feel like you see that a lot. All right. And yeah. then... It's sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Another question is like with your other surgical interns or like whoever the interns were in your group, were you guys all just like competing against each other? Were you like friends right away? Is there actual like camaraderie or is there like in grace, like you can tell they're all going to be friends. Yeah. Is it actually like that or is it just so busy you don't really talk and make friends? No, you definitely get friendly with, with the people. You get really, really close to the people you're doing your, your residency with because you're with them some of them, you're with them all the time. You know, you get crazy close to them. Okay. Uh, they really become your family. Okay, because that's where so, I think that this is yeah. building Grey's Anatomy. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you really get close to them. And, and you bond with them, e- even if you don't necessarily like them, you kind of bond with them because of the crazy war experiences. I think it's kind of like, you know, there's an element to boot camp to residency. I, the one thing I thought that was interesting is, and I, I don't, we saw it in the resident also in the pilot of the resident. They're pretty malignant. They're pretty hard on the, on the residents and interns. And I, I don't think a lot of the behavior that the senior people, the way they treat the junior people, I don't think any of that would fly today. I, I think 17 years ago, it maybe still would a little bit, but today with political correctness, I, I, I don't think a lot of that would be a, like them calling the, the, the resident, the Nazi. I, I don't know. Although I guess it's behind your back. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But it, it um, but how tough she was and, and on the, I don't know if you could be that hard. That and, was my uh, question. So her character name is Miranda Bailey and she just like tells the intern she doesn't like them. Basically she doesn't, right. she's not glad that they're there. I don't think you could do that today, but I, I love her as a character. No, she's and I, great. And she yeah. is, she's a really good actress, but I, yeah. I was questioning, like she kept, she kept telling them if she's asleep, do not wake me unless the patient is practically yeah. like going to no. die. Yeah. Yeah. Would you that ever, like that seemed crazy to me. You wouldn't tell an intern that. No, but one thing I used to tell my interns, and I think I may have told you this is uh, I used to tell my residents, I used to say, you have to lie, cheat, and steal to take care of our patients. I did used to say that to them, you know, because sometimes a patient, you know, you're trying to get a scan for a patient and it's not approved by insurance or or the schedule is too busy, da-da-da. So I used to, or you can't get a patient discharged because there's so much layers of bureaucracy these days. 
And if you really want to get something done, sometimes you have to kind of yeah. find the gray zone. Right. Your patient is your first priority. That makes more sense to me than being like, don't come get me unless the patient's almost dead. I was like, yeah. oh, no, <laughs> I feel like a doctor yeah. can't say that. Yeah, not really. Not today. No, but you've never told your, you like your interns not to wake you? Never, okay. never, never. No way. Cause, cause the buck stops at you as a senior resident. So if something goes wrong, it's on you. So if anything, I, I would be like the opposite. I'd be like, call me for anything. Let me know for anything. I did develop, I remember this kind of like repetitive thing. I used to repeat stuff over and over again to like drive it into people's heads. I still do it sometimes with certain things for fun. Uh, but, but I would really, you know, I'd make them repeat it over and over again to me to tell me what they need to do. Or I'd repeat it multiple times, kind of, that's kind of my way. Okay. Yeah. So- you're th- I thought the show was like, I, I thought it was pretty good. The pilot. I thought it had too much music in it. Like, I don't, I, I thought the music was like a little. Oh, I like the music. See, sometimes a little like. Too, a little too dramatic. I mean, Tina Fey is the one that said this, not me, but she was, re- she referenced like when sometimes when they play music like that, it's because they don't have dialogue. Like they don't have enough dramatic right. dialogue. Right. There was a lot of montage scenes kind of thing. They did a lot of montages. I agree. Where did but, Tina Fey say it? Like in a in a book? Well, actually, her character said it in Thirty Rock. Oh, okay. But I mean, I know that's like she writes that show, so. Right, right. No, there's definitely truth to that. But but they used a lot of montages in in uh, in Grey's Anatomy. But I thought it was really well done. The interesting part was where he went to the interns for help. That never happened. That was interesting. He yeah. was, I guess, he was like in a basically like a hail mary type, you know, like. Just throw it out there. And it yeah, worked. but that, that never happened. What would you do? So I guess explain the situation for anyone who hasn't seen Grey's Anatomy. There's a patient that is having seizures and they don't know why. And she's going to die. Right. And so he just gives. You go to your consultants. You ask your, you know, there are a lot of people treating a patient. There's a medical doctor. A neuro- there should be a neurologist on the case. There should be an internist, an infectious disease doctor. You go, to, you go to your team and you say, guys, what do you think? What's going on? And you get other opinions. You don't hey, you say, you never hey, go, go, to, to, go okay. to my interns. No, maybe on rounds, you know, when you present the case to, you know, when the interns are presenting, you may grill them and say, what else? What do you think? What do you think? But, but there would never be like you get all of them together. That, that was just for dramatic purposes. That would never happen. Yeah, that worked dramatically for me because I didn't think about what you just said until right. now, which makes a lot more sense. Right. That was silly, but it was, but it worked well dramatically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So actually, and my husband watched that with me and I never thought I'd be a Grey's Anatomy watcher, but we might watch some more episodes. It wasn't, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. She, it, I mean, she's really talented. You know, it's funny. I remember when the show first came out and Mark Feuerstein, who I met right around that time at the same time was shooting a pilot called Three Pounds that didn't last. It, it, it was close, but it didn't make it. And I remember um, the, he, the reason we met is the writer of the show Three Pounds, also about neurosurgeons, supposedly the brain weighs three pounds. And I think Mark Feuerstein played the young doctor the writer of the show was friends with a doctor friend of mine. 
Peter Pressman, who we had on the show, mm-hmm. who's a whole other interesting, crazy episode on our podcast. But Peter Pressman was friends with the guy, and I knew Peter Pressman well at that point. And he was always going to Peter Pressman for questions about the show. And Pete said, why don't you meet Jason Cohen, too, to help with the show? So Pete and I showed up to watch them film some of some of the final stuff for three pounds. And I'd like to think that had three pounds made it, we might've been the medical advisors to that show. Yeah, that would have been awesome. I think and that's three what, pounds sounds interesting, but yeah, if it came out at the same time in Grey's Anatomy, I feel like one medical show always makes it. Like one cop right, show. There's always it, two one and one always show. makes it. Yeah, yeah, that was like ER and Chicago Hope came out at the same time. Right. ER made it, Chicago Hope did it. So it came out at the same time as Grey's Anatomy. And I remember there at the same time, there was a nurse who was consulting on the show who's like, oh yeah, you got to hear about this new show called Grey's Anatomy. I'm like, that sounds pathetic. And sure enough, <laughs> 17 years later. I know, Shonda Rhimes, what a powerhouse. Powerhouse. That's awesome for her. Yeah. Yeah. But I think our next show should be one that's still on to New Amsterdam. I think it's in its fourth season, maybe third season. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. It's about a New cool. York hospital, so maybe you'll really understand this this show. Maybe. Not a Seattle hospital. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, we'll compare and contrast. Good. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks, Dr. Cohen. So that's Gross Anatomy for today. That's Gross Anatomy. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, Gross Anatomy. Thanks. Bye. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.